sitting at home with seemingly no opportunity in the near future of undertaking a decent long hike, three points of the compass instead finds himself intrigued while reading of pedestrianism. This was a form of long-distance endurance walking that was extremely popular in the 18th and 19th centuries. Often quite poor men, and on occasion, women, would undertake incredible walking feats. Around them, numerous enthralled spectators wagered vast sums of money on the outcome. To mention here just some of the characters and the astonishing feats that they achieved. Foster Powell. Possibly the first of the great pedestrians. Illustrated Sporting and Dramatic News, March 1876. One of the first to demonstrate his astonishing stamina was Englishman Foster Powell. In 1764 the law clerk ran the 50 miles to Bath in 7 hours. In 1773 he walked 400 miles from London to York and back, and it should be remembered that this was on poor, rutted roads. 3,000 people escorted him the final miles to Highgate. He repeated the feat many times in the years following. At his fastest, he managed to complete it in 5 days, 19 hours and 17 minutes. In 1788 he walked 100 miles in 21 hours and 35 minutes. Robert Barclay Allardyce won a 1,000 guinea wager by completing 1,000 miles in 1,000 hours, a distance that seems to have become almost a standard expectation. Distance walking seems to have run in the family blood. Captain Barclay's father was also a noted pedestrian walking the 510 miles from the family seat in Uri, Scotland, to London, in 10 days. Captain Barclay built up to his 1,000-mile feet. In 1796 he walked 110 miles in 19 hours 27 minutes. In 1802 he covered 64 miles in 10 hours and in 1805 he fitted in 72 miles between his breakfast and dinner. In 1806, on poor roads, he walked 100 miles in 19 hours and in 1807 walked 78 miles in 14 hours on hilly roads. The walking exploits of these men and women usually took place on either roads across the country, passing through towns en route, or on marked sections in enclosed grounds. Entrance fees were charged to mostly willing spectators, others chose to clamber the fences and gain entry for free. Captain Barclay's 1,000 miles took place on a marked half-mile section of track at Newmarket in 1809 and he kept a pace of one mile per hour, resting and snatching sleep between the miles. His strategy was simple but ultimately successful, by walking one mile at the end of an hour and the next at the beginning of the following hour, he was able to rest for some 90 minutes between exertions. Sounds simple, but he had to sustain that for 42 days. Captain Barclay surrounded by paying spectators. Those in the foreground seem to be making something of a party of the occasion. Drawing by Thomas Rowlandson. Image, Wikimedia Commons. As a further indication of the sort of man he was, in 1808 he walked 30 miles grouse shooting, starting at 5 in the morning, then walked 60 miles home in 11 hours. Having dined, he then walked 16 miles to a ball. He returned home at 7 the following morning and then promptly went shooting again. This is perhaps not the day-to-day regime of a modern athlete. For most of his walking feats Captain Barkley eschewed any form of training, instead eating and drinking prodigiously. His walking attire normally included top hat, cravat and woolen suit. 15-year-old William Mullen attempted 102 miles in 24 hours in 1822. The 100-mile challenge was attempted by many would-be pedestrians and still remains a standard today. By 1842 Irishman William Mullen was already an accomplished 100-miler. The Newry Examiner reported on the large number of spectators that had gathered at Watering Dam to watch Mullen repeatedly walk the half-mile out and half-mile back on the Belfast Road over 24 hours, he frequently stopped at the spectator stands to converse, despite his feet suffering badly, five blisters being cut out, he finished at pace. Afterwards, he walked through town apparently not much fatigued. Richard Manx was the second person to walk a thousand miles in a thousand hours, 
completing his feat in the year of the Great Exhibition, at the Surrey Cricket Ground. Illustrated London News, November 8, 1851. The wonder over pedestrian feats is evident in the prose of the time, the detail on Manx's achievement in 1851 is illuminating. 8th of November, Illustrated London News. In 1843 the famed pedestrian James Searles, a man of modest stature, succeeded in walking a thousand miles over six weeks. His track was the public road, measuring 63 yards over a mile, between the Shakespeare Inn and the Peacock Inn on the Huddersfield Road in the vicinity of his hometown Leeds. His favorite expedient was that of Captain Barclay, to walk a mile at the end of an hour followed by another mile at the beginning of the next, then rest in the intervening period before repeating the exercise. It sounds so simple, but to keep that up for six weeks must place an incredible mental toll on the individual. Searles earned almost nothing for his feet, he was provided with food and a bed during his task and was given a few presents over the weeks. James Searles walked 2,000 miles in 2,000 half hours in 1852. On September 20, 1852 Searles set off on a momentous attempt to walk 2,000 miles in 2,000 half hours on a track near the Pineapple Inn, in Toxteth, Liverpool. Searles was reported as eating 8 pounds of animal food a day while he achieved his feet, but he lost a great deal of weight and finished 30 pounds lighter. This regime paid a toll on his health, he suffered dizziness at night and his knees troubled him. However he completed his task on 1st of November. To celebrate his walk, he danced a hornpipe in clogs at an evening benefit dance, though whether it was the slow or fast variant isn't recorded. Despite the money surrounding these events, both betting and large amounts of entrance money being taken by those promoting such walks in town arenas, particularly where more than one walker was involved, the challenge walks often became a morally dubious test of who breaks first and there were many that regarded the sport as cruel exhibitions of self-torture. Some of the more accomplished pedestrians became celebrities. The sport of pedestrianism had already crossed to the US and as a result challenge matches between celebrity walkers were staged. One in particular was the 1877 match between two superstars of the time. Greater than the great walking match for the championship of the world. The famed American Edward Payson Weston had become a household name by walking 1,200 miles from Portland, Maine to Chicago in 30 days, winning a $10,000 wager as a result. He was the first man to walk 500 miles within six days, achieving the feat in 1874 in New Jersey with 26 minutes to spare. The press of the day pitted him against another noted pedestrian, the Irishman Dan O'Leary who had walked 116 miles in 24 hours. A few minutes after midnight on a Monday morning, November 15, 1875, a Chicago audience watched as the two set off round a track. The challenge the first to complete 500 miles. Exceptionally, there were rules, only walking was permitted, no running. Also, the race had to be over by the following Sunday as no sporting events were permitted to take place on the Sabbath. 500 miles in six days, it sounds insane. With just two or three hours rest each night the men battled it out. O'Leary was the faster and his lead was established on the first day. On Wednesday he was 26 miles in the lead. On Saturday morning he had increased his advantage having walked 425 miles with Weston 30 miles behind. The two men were exhausted but surrounded by thousands of over-enthusiastic and noisy spectators, they continued. O'Leary completed his 500th mile with 45 minutes to spare. At midnight he had walked 503, Weston managed 451 miles. Each competitor received some $4,000 for their exertions that week. Agricultural Halls, Islington. The two great pedestrians O'Leary pitted against Weston over a six-day 500-mile race. London Illustrated News, April 14, 1877. The two men were pit against each other in a repeat of the 500-mile challenge in April 1877, 
the event taking place in the Agricultural Hall in Islington, London. Again, O'Leary was the victor having walked 519 miles and the header image above depicts the two men at the end when 35,000 spectators roared them to the finish. Each received around $14,000 for their efforts but continued to push the boundaries of what was achievable. The following year, while competing in the inaugural Astley Belt Challenge, O'Leary walked 520 miles in six days, but his rival somehow pushed it even further walking 550 miles over six days in 1879. Even that distance was surpassed. Racing in New York in 1888, George Littlewood achieved 623 miles in six days in 1888. Despite the fervor of the time, such events were eventually regarded with disdain, to the extent that in 1899 six-day races were banned in New York State. Weston continued to achieve quite amazing walking feats. In 1910, aged 71, he walked from Los Angeles to New York, a distance of 3,600 miles, in 78 days. The Great Walking Match at the Agricultural Hall to Finish. The Illustrated Sporting and Dramatic News, 9th of November, 1878. The term walking was a loose expectation during many of these distance events. It was the distance that mattered to those watching and wagering. Pedestrians would very occasionally launch into a trot to ward off cramp, or probably simply to vary the miles. The codification on gait, pace and strict definition of what constitutes walking came later. Emma Sharp dressed in her 1,000-mile attire, reported as male clothing with the exception of her straw hat which was adorned with feminine ornaments, 1864. Pedestrianism was not just a male exploit. Emma Sharp also walked a 1,000 miles in 1,000 hours. She is thought to be the first female to have achieved this challenge, completing it October 29, 1864 to an audience of 25,000. Over a 120-yard course, she repeated Captain Barclay's technique of walk and rest. So outraged were some members of the public, presumably male, that her food was drugged and numerous attempts made to trip her up. She carried a pistol for the final two days to protect herself and fired it on 27 occasions to warn off assailants. Few expected her to achieve the Barclay Challenge, including her husband, and having bet heavily on herself, she won a considerable amount and combined with her share of the entrance fee profits, she and her husband opened a textile factory. During the walk her only reported ailment was swollen ankles. Greater than I would not attempt it. There was one walking challenge that the great American pedestrian O'Leary refused to attempt as he believed the required sleep deprivation over many weeks was too much for the human body to endure. This was 1,500 miles in 1,000 hours. William Gale completing 1,500 miles in 1,000 hours in 1877. Supplement to the Illustrated London News, 6th of October, 1877. At night, Gale was escorted on the track by at least one other walker, carrying a lantern. London-born William Gale was another of the great and celebrated pedestrians. In 1877 he undertook not only the challenge of 1,500 miles in 1,000 hours but also committed to walking a mile and a half at the beginning of each hour, never getting more than 37 and a half minutes of rest at a time for the duration of the walk. This amounts to 36 miles a day for six weeks. Gale was recorded as keeping a pace of around 4 miles an hour, always starting stiffly but loosening up quickly. He suffered immense leg pain and took cold baths for relief. Despite his exhaustion, he couldn't sleep at all for the final 48 hours. When Gale had previously completed a 1,000 quarters of a mile in consecutive 10 minutes, he managed that with even less rest, no more than 7 minutes at a time for the two weeks it took to complete the walk. Endurance walking over such huge distances became as much about the ability to perform despite sleep deprivation alongside pure physical ability and determination. Ada Anderson 
an extraordinary pedestrian who went on to earn $8,000 as a result of her 1879 challenge walk. Gail was the only person to have walked 1,500 miles in 1,000 hours and also trained the second to achieve it Ada Anderson. Working in the uncertain world of theater, it is very likely that Anderson saw the financial opportunity in pedestrianism after her husband died in 1877, plunging her toward financial ruin. This was not her first foray into pedestrianism however as she had already walked 1,000 miles in 1,000 half-hours over three weeks in 1877 in Newport, Wales, despite having to carry an umbrella and lamp due to several days of heavy rain. The difficulty in these events should not be underestimated. Attempting a 100-mile walk in 28 hours, the air was so thick with pollution from lamps and cigar smoke in the indoor arena that she collapsed unconscious after completing 96 miles. Later that year, both Anderson and Gail set off to walk a new record distance of 1,250 miles in 1,000 hours. Walking separately, with different staged breaks, they both completed the distance in the allotted time. The press immediately dubbed her champion Lady Walker of the World. Anderson set off to walk 1,500 miles in 1,000 hours on April 8, 1878, completing the challenge on 20th of May. Having won a considerable amount of money from her various walking exploits in the UK, she remarried, two days after her 1,500-mile walk, and moved to the US. Some of her subsequent pedestrian challenges were obviously intended to capture the public's imagination, these included 804 miles completed within 500 hours in Cincinnati in April 1879. 2052 quarter miles in as many quarter hours, in Buffalo in August 1879 and 351 miles in six days in New York in December 1879. Ever the show woman, her chosen walking garb consisted of loose leather shoes, scarlet stockings with silver tights and black velvet breeches ending at the knee. She wore a long flowing robe of blue and scarlet and a similarly colored cap decorated with braid and feathers. Thomas William Green, was one of the leading British race walkers, a sport that evolved out of pedestrianism. He won the 50 kilometers event during the 1932 Olympics. He also won the London Brighton walking event three times and in a Nottingham to Birmingham walk in 1933, set a new record of 50 miles in 7 hours 48 minutes 42 seconds. Gallagher Park Drive Cigarette Card, number 10 of 48, Champion Series, 1934. So whatever happened to pedestrianism? Why did it almost vanish despite enjoying great popularity and encouraging considerable betting on the outcome? It is likely that as the events became more commercialized and therefore enclosed, within sporting grounds, that rules and strictures took over. The free-for-all for the hell of it attitude was replaced by regular sporting fixtures. Matches and scheduled races steadily took over in the mid-19th century. Race walking became the norm. The sort of race for which a spectator could turn up, pay their entrance fee, see the sporting celebrities of the time, and also view an event that began and finished on the same day. There was also a new kid on the block, the growing popularity of bicycles in the Victorian era quickly resulted in staged races. Spectators could now choose between watching the familiar athletes steadily walking round a circuit or road route, or the frenetic pedaling of race cyclists, with the associated risk of crashes and tumbles.